Hey there, goal setting and getting mama in midlife. I'm so glad you are here and that you're ready to craft and create some new goals right here in this community of mamas and mimis in midlife called to fulfill our God-given purpose in this beautiful world. Hi, I'm Monica Ludicky, the voice behind the Goal Crafter podcast, founder of Shared Goals Consulting, former six-figure executive in the wellness world, wife, mom, mimi, most importantly, a lover of Jesus. I built this space for you. I come to you eager to help you, serve you, lift you up on your goal setting and getting journey. Now, let's settle in and jump into this episode of the Goal Crafter Podcast. Well, hello, my friends. Welcome to another episode of the Goal Crafter Podcast. I'm Monica, your host, and today I'm so glad to be here. What a difference a few days make in this crazy part of Texas that we live. Who would have ever thought that we would have endured the mighty freeze of 2021? Yikes. It was crazy, but it's over now. We're back up into the almost 80s today and life is good again. Funny thing. While we were in the thick of that cold storage last week, in my mind's eye, I could still see that I'd be sitting here this time this week and it would be a much different story. And I knew that it would be warm and that we would all make it through and that it was a temporary situation, a temporary circumstance. I could visualize us all pulling through How did you handle it? What were you thinking this time last week? Chances are, if you had any grandkids or littles around you because they were forced to stay with you because of the extreme cold temperatures outside, you might not have had a chance to contemplate. But we really had a fortunate situation and have had very little in the way of inconvenience. A little, but very little. So happy to be here today. I'm glad that you've tuned in too and and let's get this show going. One of the things that I have been doing over the past week or so is reading a new book called Ask. It's by Mark and Crystal Hansen. So that would be Mark Victor Hansen of Chicken Soup for the Soul fame and his wife, Crystal. And it is a book that has a very simple premise. And that is that you can do, be, or have anything in this life that you desire. But part of the equation is that you must know what that is and you must be able to ask for it. So that's the underlying theme of this whole book. Just like with the Chicken Soup for the Soul books, it has quite a few stories of people within its pages that speak to whatever the message might be in that particular chapter. And I was taken by one of them and I want to share it with you today. Of all things, it's the story of Mitzi Perdue. Who's Mitzi Perdue, you might ask? Well, let me tell you. Mitzi, Mitzi was the fifth child, the baby of the family of the man and the woman who founded Sheraton Hotels. 
Growing up, she was fascinated by the success that she could detect in her father. And she was a very curious child, and her dad was open to her questions, even at a very young age, and he would help her try to understand what he did in the business world anytime she asked for information. So some of her takeaways from many chats that she had with her dad over the years was that her dad's success was based on a few things. And one of the things was that he was super, super open to taking risks. She said her dad would take business odds of one in a hundred where most of his peers, especially in the hotel and restaurant industry, would opt out of an opportunity if the odds got to about 1 in 40 that it would work out. He really was a fan of long shops. She, too, has incorporated that into her life now. And the other thing that her dad shared with her as a secret to his success in the world that they moved in is that he believed in fair negotiations negotiations where each party won. He never uh, approached a negotiation with a winner-take-all kind of mindset. He was an abundance thinker. He didn't believe it was a zero-sum game. And he always um, went into a negotiation looking for a way for both sides at the table to walk away happy. And he was known for that in the industry, according to Mitzi. And so he was often shown great opportunities before even his peers were brought into the know. So those were two of her big takeaways about her dad. Fast forward, throughout her young formative years, she always wanted to be either a writer or in TV or both. But as circumstances would have it, when she grew up, even after she graduated from, I believe, Harvard University, uh, she became a rice grower. She was really into agribusiness. And as a rice grower, she was quite successful. Even so, she had a secret fear. She was plagued by the fear of failure. And as time went on through her life, she knew that this fear of failure was holding her back. And she knew that she needed to do something about it. And so after asking herself some hard questions, which she answered, she came up with a solution for herself. And her solution was that she was going to redefine what failure meant to her. Up to that point, in her mind, any rejection equaled failure. And as a consequence of thinking that way, she had passed up many, many opportunities to do things that she would enjoy as much or more than being a rice grower. She knew that she was gifted as a writer, but she wouldn't even submit her pieces to newspapers or magazines for consideration because she was so afraid that she would be rejected. Well, at this point in her life, this was sometime in her 30s, she decided that from this point forward, she would redefine failure and failure would no longer be rejection, but failure would be not trying as hard as she could. That's a little nuance there. So what that did for her was 
it caused her or it spurred her to start writing and submitting her pieces to numerous different publications. And sure enough, she started getting published. She shares in the book that one year after she redefined failure, she had been published numerous times and she was offered and made a television show host. I think it had something to do with agribusiness. And eventually she was given her own show on Coast to Coast Radio. If you haven't heard of Coast to Coast Radio, it's a radio show that has a, apparently it has a lot of different types of information that is shared through it. Everything from UFOs to farming to, you know, what's going on politically. But she had uh, her own show on Coast to Coast and it had something to do with um, agribusiness. Now this was after taking multiple public speaking courses because of course, you know, right up there with the fear of rejection is the fear of public speaking. It's thought to be the number one fear even over dying of human beings. And I can tell you as someone who has previously also suffered from that fear, it is terrifying. But she overcame that by taking a bunch of Dale Carnegie courses and uh, eventually she went on to become a great success in TV and radio and in publications. Eventually she ran for president, not of the United States of America, but of a cause near and dear to her heart. It was called American Agri-Women, and she won. And she shares that she tried other things unsuccessfully, but her point was that she would not have tried anything. She would have continued on the path that she was on, being a rice grower in California, and she would have missed some of the greatest moments of her life, one of which was finding the love of her life. So for that, she had been on this path of success in agribusiness and was the president of this organization. So she was invited to go to Washington, D.C. to attend an event which was bringing all sorts of different people in that industry and in the agriculture business together. And as she tells it, through divine providence, she was leaving early and her husband-to-be, Mr. Perdue, was arriving really late for this same event. And they ran into each other and neither of them were the type of people to you know, go out of their way to speak to strangers. But for some reason, and we know it's God, they were drawn to each other. So they had this 10 minute conversation while he was, I guess, checking his coat and she was having her coat retrieved from the coat check. And it was one of the most meaningful conversations of her life, a 10-minute conversation with a complete stranger up to that point. Well, it gets even better. So he owns Purdue Chicken Farms, which I've never heard of before, but apparently it's a big deal in the USA, which are based on the East Coast. And of course, she's got the Rice Farm, which is based out of California on the West Coast. So their lives are going in, in, in two different directions, literally. And so... It's not, nowhere in either of their minds was this thought that they were going to go to D.C. and meet somebody that they were going to spend the rest of their life with. But they had such a connection in that 10 minutes of conversation that they exchanged telephone numbers. Now, this was before cell phones. This was back in the day. So they had to rely on long-distance phone calls because, remember, he's on one side of the country, she's on the other. 
Well, I believe within their second or third phone call. Now, mind you, they've only ever spent the 10 minutes together in person. They decided that they should get married. Now, that sounds crazy, right? Well, my husband, on our first date, said that he was going to marry me. So, And here we are, 40-something years later. So it can happen. But she didn't, I, I knew my husband for many years before we had our first date. She and he had never met before. So after agreeing that they were going to get married, they reconvened together in person and went to, to have their meeting with the minister who was going to marry them. And he, you know, in his pre-counseling, pre-marital counseling was asking them, well, how long had they known each other? And they looked at each other and they said, well, at this point, 36 hours. So they had spent a total of in-person time and talk time of 36 hours together. And here they were meeting with this minister. So I just think that's kind of a remarkable story. And six weeks later, they were married and had a very happy marriage for, I think, 17 years before he passed on. So through divine providence, she had this incredible life-changing moment and it all happened because earlier in her life, she examined what was missing from her life and what part she played in that, how she was sabotaging herself. And she came up with the self-realization that she was getting in her own way by being so fearful of failure and had the brilliant conclusion that she needed to redefine what failure would mean from her for her for for the, that point going forward and as a consequence she not only became a huge success in areas that were very important to her writing tv and leadership but she also ended up fortuitously meeting the love of her life so i thought that was just great now there's more to this story she is an older woman now but she is just as involved as ever in the newest passion of her life, and that is ending child trafficking, human trafficking. And what she does to facilitate that is she raises money through high-end auctions because her purpose in life is to do two things. As she tells it, she is here to increase happiness and decrease misery, and it's simple as that. So though she considers herself to be a senior citizen now, she is hard at work trying to make a difference in a positive way in this world. And she attributes her success to honestly looking at her fear of failure and then flipping the whole thing on its head. I don't know about you, but I thought that was that one story made the whole book worth the purchase. Just that one story, because things that I liked about that were that she, well, there are many things that I liked. I love that God worked on her. Now, she, in her story, doesn't really attribute this to God. She attributes this to, and, and rightly so from her standpoint, she attributes her success and meeting the man of her dreams to her decision to redefine failure. But we know that God is at work behind the scenes in our lives and for all those dominoes to line up and fall just precisely the way they did, we know 
that the Heavenly Father was behind that. So we'll give him the praise and the glory for that. But I also love that she has this very simple and clear purpose, and it's twofold. Increase happiness, decrease misery. And the way that she's chosen to do that is something that I'm starting to hear. I don't know about you, but I'm starting to hear a lot about this um, ending human sex trafficking. I think it started during the last two, three years of the Trump administration and several of the Christian podcasters that I listened to, Christine Kane being one of them, is very involved in putting an end to this in our world. So, and I think that is great. So some takeaways from Mitzi Purdue's story and this whole concept of asking. She asked herself the question, what am I doing to self-sabotage my success? What am I doing and how could I do it differently? And as a consequence of that, she committed to the answer and really pivoted her life in a way that had a very positive outcome. Well, in this world, we can look around at the way other people have done things, other successful people and other unsuccessful people. There are people who you wouldn't you you can see the way their lives are turning out and you can understand that there are decisions that they are making and questions they are not asking themselves and you can do the opposite. But you also have a clear path forward when you can look at someone else in the world and see what they've been able to do and then make a decision to commit to doing similar things yourself for success. So if you're fortunate enough to have your parents still with you, it would be great to do what Mitzi did as a young child, but you can do at any stage of your life. And that is have conversations with your parents, your, your dad or your mom about the things that you really respect or admire from their life and ask them about the choices or the, the principles that they employed to get where they've gotten. Our parents have done incredible things with far fewer advantages from a technological and industrial standpoint than, than you and I can do. So I would start there and just ask and gain wisdom from the role models in your life and then take an honest look at your life and do an assessment. Are you on fire for what you're doing every day? Is it bringing you joy? Is it increasing your happiness and decreasing your own personal misery? Or is there something that you've been wanting to do, but you have been getting in your own way because you have decided that the risk is too great? The risk does not equal the reward that you would feel. Do you need to reassess? Only you will know the answer to that question. But if you come to the realization that you too need to redefine failure in your life, then take a stab at it. You can always borrow, borrow, borrow Mitzi Perdue's definition of failure, which again is not trying hard enough, or you can create your own. It's your play and you are the star in it. You just don't want to let 
too much more time go by in your life where you miss out on the best opportunities, the things that God has prepared in advance for you because of fear. Remember, God has not given us a spirit of fear. What he has given us is a spirit of love, a spirit of discipline, and a spirit of a sound mind. He has promised us that if we commit our works to him, he will establish our plans. He has also said repeatedly, he's quoted in the Bible as saying that anything that we pray and ask for, if we believe, if we believe that it is so, then it will be granted us. So there's the belief component that needs to come into what you want to do, be, or have. And there's the asking and the praying component. So take it one step further than Mark Victor Hansen and his wife Crystal do, and not only ask for what you want, but pray and believe that you can have it. And of course, take action. If you commit your works, so that commit the thing, commit to the Lord the things for which you are praying and asking, then he will establish your plans. So what that means to me is that once you've decided what it is that you want to ask and pray to God for, you have this urgent need to believe that you can have it. And if you believe that, you have to step out in faith. You have to step out in action to make it happen. I don't think it's just going to be like, poof, touching you with the fairy stick, and so you can have anything you want. No, I believe that the unspoken agreement in asking, praying, and believing for something is taking action in the spirit of those things. Amen? Well, today, ladies, I want to thank you again for tuning in. I want to ask of you, and I believe that you will do this, I want to ask of you, if you have not yet gone on over to iTunes and reviewed this podcast and given it a rating, whatever rating you believe it should have, I I covet those five-star ratings, but... Whatever you honestly believe this podcast is to you, if you would rate it and review it, it will take a few moments of your time, but it will mean the world to me, and it will help get this message out to women who need to hear it in the worst way or in the best way. So that's my ask of you today, and I'm stepping out in faith here that it will be so. My second ask is that you allow me to say a little prayer for you as we end today's podcast. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time with this audience. I thank you for these ladies. I thank you for the families that they have raised and are raising. I thank you that you have brought us through the storm. And I also thank you that you have made it so abundantly clear in your word that we are in partnership with you as we walk through this world and that you want us to reach out to you with the desires of our hearts in a prayerful and thankful way and that your only expectation is that we do the work. I thank you for that, Father. I ask that you would bless the work of our hands and that you would lead us in the way that you want us to go. We thank you for all of the divine providence that appears in all of our lives. 
from day to day. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, that's it, my friends. See you next week. Did you enjoy this episode of the Goal Crafter Podcast? Or do you know a midlife mama who needs a boost on her goal setting and getting journey? Well, take a screenshot today and share this with her and with your community. And don't forget, I really appreciate it when you take time to give me a review. Want even more? You can find me at sharedgoalsconsulting.com where I frequently add free resources to serve my fellow goal setters and even post up a few of my favorite photos of my munchkins. That's it for today, mamas and mimis. Be blessed.